0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast
1: Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z sports on every social media platform.
0: This is so number 196, the welcome to Danico's block party. Last time the Titans blocked a field goal, Danico Autry versus Miami in
1: 2022 of Sode's. How about that? You just you just have to know that Craig Ackerman was dying on his couch at home when he saw the Titans actually make a positive play on special teams. Although yeah. he did he did get to be the Grinch in the second half when Eric Gar inexplicably filled it a punt off the off a hop into yeah, the the, th- the Titans' ten yard line.
0: I was like so ready to be like, oh hey, wow, Titans already making a change of coordinator and it's already paying dividends. And then and then yeah, the uh, muffed punt late in the game that. Uh, turned uh ended up uh for seven points for the Miami Dolphins well not the not the best so I could only I had to bite my lip there but um that uh so title comes from our guy Jared at Titans five three two seven I can only imagine those five three two seven stand for Keith Bullock and Eddie George or how about this Kerry Collins <laughs> Al del Greco Rob Baronis and Zach Mettenberger. How about it?
1: Oh, you went, you get, you gave the seven to the Met show, not to Bill yeah. Bullock. I like nah. that. I like nah. that.
0: Look, you once come to on podcast, no wins. one's come on this
1: podcast. once, once come on this podcast, one's been asked to come on about 10 times and it hasn't come on yet. So I like that. Ty goes to the Met show. That's fair. It's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. Mettenberger forever. My goat. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to get into
0: this. So we went no guest this week. Um, Just because there's so much to get to. It's a victory Tuesday. We want to uh, get into everything that's going on. Uh, Tribute to Frank Wycheck, uh, that game. My goodness, there's so much to talk about in that game. And uh, it's a big week coming up. So before we get to all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back.
1: The Relax the Back team is setting out every day to help people in the national area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues then trust me when I tell you that Relax the Back is the place for you. Christmas is coming up right around the corner. They've got great deals going on right now, including the new Anthros office chair. If you're looking for an office chair to relax in while also improving your posture, check it out at uh, RelaxTheBack.com. It it was originally on sale for $2,300. They've chopped that price down to $1,800. So if you're looking for a nice gift for someone or even yourself this holiday season, Check out the Anthro's office chair. If you already got a nice office chair, go look at Relax the Back showroom because they've got Technogel and tempur pillows and mattresses. You'll get the best sleep of your life on these things. Trust me, I've got one. And they're going to make sure you're waking up and feeling great and energized every single day. Go check them out. They're located at 2020 Gleneco Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right next to Hillsboro High School. If you're unable to get there in person, Visit their showroom online. You can't lay in all the beds and sit in all the chairs like you can if you go in person, but you can still see the amazing selection they have online at stores.relaxtoback.com/Nashville. Finally, when you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train is coming. It's rolling around the fence, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I
0: don't know when
1: I'm sucking full
0: of What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is D Henber. I forgot to update the date on my notes. December 13th, 2023. And I think there's only one way to kick off this week's episode. Do the Titans have a miracle left in them? In what has been a magical season to this point.
1: If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Gonna be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Pitches it it back to Wycheck.
0: He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. He's got something. He's got it. He's got it!
1: 20-10! He's got it!
0: In zone!
1: touchdown Titans there are no flags on the field it's a miracle Tennessee has pulled a miracle a miracle for the Titans Frank Whitejack threw another pass
0: I will never not hear that call and not get chills Jack I don't know about you I I think you were probably just a sparkle in your mama's eye when that play went down uh (laughs) not even in diapers yet because you were still in utero. Um, I was four. Okay. All right. You were four. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking you. I, I sat in that stadium watching that thinking, you know, my dad turned to me with 16 seconds left, you know, the stadium starting to empty. And he says, you ready to head out? You want to, you want to leave? And I said, no, let's just watch the end. Honestly, one of the best, Things I've ever told my dad ever, because we sat and we watched what was one of the most iconic sports moments I've ever witnessed in my life, either on TV or in person. And we just happened to be in person there. And it was all because of the arm trajectory of one Frank Y check. Um, I mean the guy, look, I don't want to, I, I don't want to like, be the old guy yelling at clouds uh, on this podcast, but Frank Wycheck, in my opinion, and and this is not just, you know, placating to the fact that he just passed, but Frank Wycheck is the greatest tight end in Titans franchise history. Um, I think Delaney Walker did a lot of good for a lot of years, but to me, I think Frank Wycheck is still the goat from both the Oilers days to the Tennessee Oilers days. To the Tennessee Titans days. Um, he was a, lar- a part of a lot. And then and then he parlayed that into a, an incredible broadcasting career.
1: Yeah, he was probably, and I don't think this is a stretch, but the most likable Titan that has ever put on the uniform. Um, he retired at 32 as well, which is really young for a guy who was playing as good of football as he was when he hung it up. Austin, you know... I, I was in elementary school for most of Frank Wycheck's career. So, you know, I couldn't really grasp the, the the impact that he had on the Titans community until he was on the wake-up zone on 104.5, where he was transformational with Mark Howard and Kevin Ingram. And, yeah. I mean, he was he was a part of my morning every single morning on the way to school. Like, Frank Wycheck is a legend to Titans fans. This, this one hit hard this week. I'm not going to lie. And I really... You know, the news was tough, but it was almost a shock and it was hard to process during the week. But things just started happening last night on Monday Night Football, where the ball was bouncing the Titans' way. Um Tua dropped the ball inside the five yard line. The Titans come up with a turnover, which they've never they never get those this year. Then Tajay Spears fumbles the ball on a massive catch at the end of the game. Goes out of bounds. There were two Dolphins there ready to recover. It just goes out of bounds. It feels like, in the Denico Autry blocked field goal, it felt like one of those games where the Titans had a little extra help. And, you know, I it really became clear to me towards the end that this this win had Frank Wajczak's finger t- fingerprints all over it. I mean, yeah. it was gritty. It was tough. It yes. came down to the wire. The Titans it- were counted out. It was almost a miracle because going into that game, the Titans were at the bottom of the league in just about every statistical category on offense, while the Dolphins were at the top. It was a miracle that the Titans were ended up winning that football game, especially when you consider them them being down twenty seven to thirteen uh, with three minutes remaining in the football game, down fourteen with that amount of much or with that amount of time left on the clock. Teams were zero seven hundred and sixty seven historically. Yeah. Yeah. It never been done before, and 767 tries never been done before. It just it's, that win felt special to me. And you can throw the draft pick stuff aside, you can throw tankathon aside, you can throw the playoff hunt aside for one moment, and that was one of the most fun wins. And spe- it was a special win to really soak in if you were a Titans fan. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, that game. Um, that game was. It was a a pass caught across the middle. Where it was hard, it you know it rattled us. It it was it was brutal, but it it took freaking hard nosed people to to eke out that win. And that's exactly kind of like the, what the spirit of Frank Wycheck was. Um The man was he was a you know he was a pass catching tight end. He was a blocking tight end. He was anything the Titans needed him to be, and he was good. He was so good. He he, he could he did so much and um that was so great and and how perfect of a game to have on the the you know the uh, day or two after his passing a game in, in the passing of of the man who was essentially the architect of the music city miracle you the titans go out and play a game where you have to stay till the end to see the, come, the amazing come-from-behind win. Like, that to me was like, it was, I don't know, like, and look, maybe we're grasping at straws to make this poetic and to make it, like, more than it is. I, I jokingly tweeted last night where it's was like, hey, this game kept the Titans at eight losses and kept the Dolphins at nine wins. Eight, nine?
1: Huh? <laughs> okay, that might be grasping at straws. <laughs> but, but it I, is, it did you know, feel like... like
0: when you are mourning, like you do, want to kind of try and 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 make those ties. And uh, look, I know there is a lot of heavy heavy hearts within the Titans organization and around the Titans organization this weekend. And, and I am hoping that that win was able to do something. Jack, I got a question. I know we we talk a lot about statues on this podcast, right? Yes, we talk a lot about do. stadium. We talk. About, it needs to be more columns in the new stadium. I will not let that go. It needs to be called Nissan Coliseum too we talk a lot about a Steve McNair statue. We talk a lot about that. What if we set the Steve McNair statue aside for right now? I'm not saying never. But what if the first statue for the new stadium is Frank Wycheck chucking the ball in the Music City Miracle? We all know the pose. We all know the image. To me, like, that is screams, like, that is the image of why that stadium, that new stadium that will soon to be built, will be built. Because the Titans, like, first game in, uh, you know, our first season in Adelphia Coliseum, they make that run to the Super Bowl. And that just kind of paved the way for football being football in Nashville and like people grasping on and becoming Titan, like you and I, like we're not Titans fans probably if the Titans don't have that immediate success right out the gate. I mean, yeah, we're fans, but we're not, we're not hosting a damn podcast every single week because we're, we're this invested. I, so to me, I don't know. What do you think? Like, like why chucking the ball as a statue?
1: I like it. I think you have two options for that play, which absolutely needs to be, you know in statue form like that that play was one of the most iconic plays in football doesn't happen without wide check obviously I it's either that or Dyson down the sideline you know one of those two has to be a statue at some point but I think it's the most we talk about Steve McNair we talk about the quarterbacks Titans have had that have done great things in the postseason and the regular season but the biggest pass ever thrown in Titans history came from a tight end Wearing number eighty nine, Frank Wycheck on the Music City Miracle, I think that that's got a strong case, and it's absolutely top two or top three uh, statue ideas that the Titans could go to. There needs to be a statue in front of the new stadium to remember the old Titans. What happened in Nissan? There was yes. no or LP or Adelphia, whatever, whatever you want to call it. There was no bigger play in that stadium than Frank Wycheck's lateral to Kevin Dyson on the Music City Miracle. I think you have to remember. The past in order to move on to the future. And Frank Wycheck being in statue form in front of the new stadium is a great way to do that. I got uh Matthew
0: McConaughey in a Lincoln commercial co-hosting the podcast with me today. I forgot to mention that <laughs> off the top. Uh I know I agree with you a thousand percent, Jack, but Frank Wycheck, love you. gone way too soon, 52 years old. I know he was dealing oh, with man. some some head head trauma, um, uh, you know, just issues you know in the latter years i i hate that for him but you know it's he's in a better better place you know he's he's without pain now and um i i my our hearts go out to his family and we he will forever be remembered if you can take solace in the fact that frank Wycheck is no longer with us uh, on earth his the memory of his playing career will be i mean that will live on in titans lore for the rest of time mainly Mainly because of the 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 uh music city miracle, but do not sleep on this man's career. It was absolutely historic. And Jack, you know, you kind of alluded to it off the bat um when we first started talking about that game last night for played for Frank Wycheck. Um I think last night's game, Will Levis coming out party. Hey, America, hope you liked what you just watched. In fact, that was the words of Will Levis after the game, and I don't know about you, Jack, but the game, I have i have mixed emotions about the game because I was equal parts frustrated as hell. But, man, did that game, the the, the final score is all I care about. And the fact that they were able to pull out a win, like you said, what, uh, 600, 767 teams since 2016 to be down 14 with under three minutes to go, no team had ever won. And now here comes freaking Will Levis, rookie quarterback, in just his, what, uh, seventh start? I believe so. I believe you have that right. And his seventh start comes out and just sets the world on fire. And I think it all started with that the the run that won him in, uh, an angry run scepter on Good Morning Football this morning, where he runs over Jalen Ramsey and just kind of set the tone like, Okay, look, he's not like he means business like he came to play today.
1: Yeah, and Mike Vrabel actually talked about that today. He said, you know, we've gone over tape and I've shown (laughs) Will how to slide and how to use the rules to your benefit. But maybe he needs to watch tape on quarterbacks not sliding and getting the shit knocked out of him. That's what Vrabel said at the podium one day after the win. Look, the guy's a gamer. He's got he's got an immense amount of dog in him. There's no questioning that. The mistakes are still there a little bit, right? But you're going to coach those out of them. At least you hope they will. Um, Titans fans have kind of already had a glimpse, and they had a you know he'd shown enough for Titans fans to really feel confident in him. And you've been hearing us clamor, and you've heard you know Sam Phelan, Austin Stanley, Zach Bingham on on A to Z. Everyone's calling for for the Titans to kind of let it loose, take the training wheels off. Last yeah. last night, it felt like they did that. And you get the deep ball to DeAndre Hopkins. You you get the touch pass to Tajay Spears. Um, you, you get the improv pitch throws uh just beyond the line of scrimmage to extend plays and convert first downs. You get sustained drives, you get tough runs. He can really do it all. They they could have done better and putting in and you know, put him in a better position to succeed by not dialing up. Uh, third down and long surrender screen, which they had done so many times this season. Oh my gosh! When, you, oh when you're going gosh. up against, but when you're going up against a defensive mind like Vic Fangio, probably the best defensive mind in football, he's going to take advantage of that. He's going to he's going to let everyone know, hey, third and long. Look for Tajay Spears on the field, and this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it resulted in a touchdown. And you know, Will Levis kind of got stamped at the end of that play. I was worried about it, and I actually. The thought crossed my mind that Ryan Tannehill might have to enter the game at some point because <laughs> of the bad start. But, and then the pitch play, right? The pitch play was frustrating. I why... I don't understand why the pitch play is
0: still in this team's arsenal. I honestly, I don't understand why it's in most NFL teams' arsenals. Like, I'll watch games like with like Nick Chubb at running back or, you know, uh, I mean, I guess he's been injured most of the year. But, you know, like other running backs, like very good running backs in this league. And obviously the Titans have one of the best in Derrick Henry. Toss plays just don't work anymore. Or at least they don't work at the NFL level because you can't get that blocking on the perimeter. And guys in the league, linebackers are just way too fast to like they can they can sniff it out so easily. So like meet I handoffs work so much better, uh, whether it be stretch plays or even just ISOs up the middle between the tackles. Because honestly, it like if you're meeting the running back at the point of the handoff. It's almost like you're you're getting the ball to him quicker rather than the toss, and like there's no way of when you run a toss, there's no way of running a uh, a play action off of that. Whereas if you hand the ball off, you, you there's a way you that could be a play action. So linebackers still kind of have to play on their heels a bit.
1: They gotta respect it, and you know when you have a running back like Derrick Henry, his biggest. Strengths are his strength and are getting downhill and his forward momentum and falling yes. forward. Like the the toss play gets him going east-west when Derrick Henry needs to be going north-south at all times. It takes away some of the things he does best. And the pitch was the pitch was a little too high, a little too hot. Derrick Henry got his hands on it, but we know Derrick Henry's not DeAndre Hopkins, even though yeah. he looked and, like him at one and point. And Will
0: Levis told uh, uh, Tim Kelly on the sidelines, you could see his mouth it, yeah. it, lip reading, that's my fault, you know, like basically taking onus of it, which, which you love to see out of a rookie
1: quarterback. And it was Will Levis' fault, but I thought the pitch was bad, but the play call was worse.
0: Yes, but I don't, I, yes. you know,
1: I, I don't want to dwell too much on the bad because there was so much good from Levis last night. He, well, he put the entire football world on notice. You have Des Bryant tweeting, Will Levis is him. You have what? stars around the league just complimenting Will Levis, and they spent a lot of time after the game talking about the Titans, even though Dan Orlovsky, who couldn't pronounce Chigakonkwo's name right, uh, was glazing the Dolphins the entire time. That broadcast crew was not good outside of Chris Fowler. Um, but, you know, Levis Levis found a way. He is gutty. He's got a little, and I texted this as a joke to Austin Stanley after the game. I said he, he's got a little Brady in him. Not. Not, I don't want to compare whoa, the two quarterbacks. Whoa, whoa! I don't want to compare the two. But look, when he came over to the sideline, all fired up like that, he, yeah. he looked like he looked like a psychopath. Yeah. And there's only one other you, quarterback that I've seen kind of ha, kind of have that look on right. the sideline, and then right. just happens to be the goat. Now, I'm not saying that that's Will Levis is going to no. be Tom Brady, obviously.
0: Well, the the thing, the competitive the thing, though, drive
1: and the will to yeah. win, I think, is there within the 60 minutes for sure.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, and I think that's fair. However. There's uh what uh six days and 23 more hours in a week that I think is what makes Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Oh yeah, if will Levis could even give us half of what Tom what made Tom Brady Tom Brady, I think that would be obviously a huge success because it's one thing to do it on the field. I think so many guys can do it on the field every Sunday. It's what you do in the preparation. From game to game, and I'm hoping that he's that guy. I'm hoping he has that fuel and that hunger and that drive to be the best. Not just, not just prove his his draft day doubters wrong. Like to be the best, and that's honestly what drove Tom Brady to where his. I mean, I, like we always joke about the the TB12 method. Like the dude changed his diet, he changed his workout methods, his healing methods. Like it was just absurd. And uh, I mean, obviously we're we're comparing.
1: Yeah, we're comparing a
0: Grammy Best New Artist to the Beatles right now, but <laughs> you know,
1: like, it, but you you understand my 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 takeaway there? Um, yeah, so so I, I get that, and really, you know, you got to adjust your goals as you move forward with more data, more information, and right now, they're heading into this game. At least there appeared to be a pretty significant gap between C.J. Stroud and the rest of the quarterbacks in this class. I think last night Will Levis closed that a bit. Not saying he's all the way there and shoulder-to-shoulder with C.J. Stroud, but, man, you give him an offensive line, you give him some weapons, and we'll really start to see what Will Levis has. Will Levis was under pressure for the most part of the game last night, still averaged nearly nine yards of a pass attempt. Um, Look, yeah, the the guy's a gamer.
0: Seven completions of over 20 yards, uh, the first rookie to ever throw for over 300 yards on Monday Night Football. Like, that was, if you were ever to have a game on national television – that, I mean maybe the Falcons game but like honestly I I I would maybe even argue that was the game because it showed resiliency it showed toughness um I it, not everything was perfect and yet he still found a way like yeah
1: I would say that was the game to have on primetime television last night and one player who deserves a lot of credit for Will Levis's development is DeAndre Hopkins without DeAndre Hopkins that game is not possible DeHop yeah. goes 7 catches 124 and a touchdown But it's what he said after the game that I thought was really cool. Um, You know, he said that Will Levis had that dog in him. But he also said, you know, he's going to – this is his quote. Quote, I saw a dog. I saw a dog out here today. That kid is going to be great, man. I'm always in his ear trying to help him read defenses and be better. I know he's still got a lot in his tank. Even though he came out here and beat these guys today, I'm going to still be on him when we go back and let him know that there's certain things that he can improve on. But, man, Will showed heart, and I love competing and playing with him. DeAndre Hopkins is Will Levis' best friend right now. He is going yeah. to help him grow into a mature quarterback, one that can read defenses, like he said, and one that's not afraid to make big throws in crunch time. We already know Will Levis isn't afraid. Sometimes he's a little too fearless, I would say. But DeAndre Hopkins, it has been worth every penny and then some.
0: Yes, yes. Since the Titans I- signed him on. I'm I'm so glad he's a Titan. I'm so glad he's a Titan for at least one more year. Um, honestly, that was the best investment the Titans have ever made. And could be the Titans' first thousand-yard receiver since? Delaney
1: Walker. A.J. 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 Oh, yeah. I like to blackout uh, A.J. from, from my memory. I know.
0: I know. I'm sorry for bringing, making you. I made you say it because he's an old Miss guy. Uh, I, that, that, the Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins relationship feels kind of like the Mike Raple um the Mike Vrabel, uh, Will Levis relationship where it's like, look, there's going to be those people on Twitter that that like read into it and be like, oh, they don't like each other. But no, like it's like it's almost like a tough love. It's like an older brotherly love where it's like, look, I'm going to give you your flowers when you get your your flowers. But I'm also going to be like, look, you're not perfect, which is honestly what we should as Titans fans want as the mentorship for a rookie quarterback. You don't don't want someone saying like that was – that was an amazing game, dude. You are the best ever. Yeah. Like you don't want yes, men. You want guys that are say that was great, but you know, that was great, but because that's the type of stuff that get makes you better. And it doesn't, you know, because if you get too much praise for too long, pretty soon you become coddled. And then before you know it, you're complaining about offsides penalties at the end of games when your team loses.
1: <laughs> I love that you went there. I absolutely love you took it there. I totally agree, though. Conflict is healthy, and when you have a guy who's been around for as long as D. Hop, and and you've you have a coach who's been there and done that like Mike Vrabel, they've got to push Will Levis even when he succeeds because it's not perfect. And Will Levis, you can see he's got all of the traits that you need to have a franchise quarterback and to trust yeah. that guy to go out and win big games in the playoffs. But you gotta take the bad with the good sometimes. And I think right now they're trying to coach the bad out of him, D Hop and Rabel and I'm sure Tim Kelly and pretty much anyone in that quarterback room. But it's it's really it's really hard for me to not be excited about the future of this offense with Will Levis under center. No, I think you should be excited. Honestly, I think you
0: should. I think you got a good kid, I think you got a, a, a hard nosed kid. I I'm really really excited. Um, less after hits he, that way. He could take. He could take less hits. Now, let me ask you this: You you brought up Dez Bryant. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, Jack, but I've always been a Dez didn't catch it guy. I think he caught it now. I like maybe I'm changing my tune after that. <laughs> <laughs> like like maybe maybe Dez did catch it. Now that I maybe you know it is. They, Let's go review the tape. Let's go review the tape one more time. And I I think, you know, look, if Des is going to sit there and say that Will Levis is him, I I think he caught it. And by it, I mean, Billie Jean's fever. That's <laughs> at the very least.
1: How about that? I love that the stars were tweeting on Monday night. We saw Kevin Bayard compliment Amani Hooker on Twitter, which is a different tune than we see Monty Rice singing um, as he was preying on the Titans downfall early in the game. Only to look like a fool as he tries to find his footing in New Orleans um, on the practice squad. But we'll see how that goes for old Monty. But it's nice to see Kevin Byard uh, shout out his old, uh, you know, partner back there on the back end of that secondary. Which, by the way, played really well last night. Yeah. Despite not having Christian Fulton. Jeffrey Simmons wasn't available. There were some no-names on the defensive line that made plays. Um Sean Murphy bunting steps up big one more time. I I thought he had a tremendous
0: game, honestly. And after a week where he was essentially the goat uh, and not the the goat like grace of all time, but the scapegoat for the loss against the Colts. To me, I thought Sean Murphy bunting that that's resiliency. And I freaking loved that. I loved how well he played on Monday night.
1: And there's a case to be made that Harold Landry was the best player on the field for either team on either side of the ball last night. Three sacks. He is officially back. You know, Austin, here's a fun fact for you. The Titans are the only team in the NFL to have two players with at least eight sacks. Okay. So, in a down year for the pass rush, D'Anico Autry and Harold Landry each have eight sacks. Arden Key was active last night. It feels like he's coming on late now. It's a, you know, it's a prove it year again for Arden Key on a one year deal. But, you know, it's just D'Anico Autry has been. I would say on par with Delaney Walker as one of the best free agent yeah. signings in Titans history.
0: Yeah, Am I, no, is that I, going th- too far? No, no, no. What he does in the middle, I, but it, it, I, I, what I, why I feel like you think that you, you, you shouldn't be saying that is because interior linemen don't get, don't get the respect. love and respect that they should. But the the amount that he creates just himself. If, like, it's it's truly phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I think a guy like Danico Autry, like, you truly don't know. And, again, I hate bringing it to the Bears, but I live in Chicago, so it's hard for me not to. Uh, but, like, the, the Bears' defense was struggling this season. Struggling. They go out and they trade for Montez Sweat. Now their defense has been playing lights out since that trade. So, I like, t- t- to tell you that, like, a an interior defensive lineman can't make – or break an entire defense, you'd be completely wrong. And I think
1: De- Danico Autry is that for the Titans. Danico is a dynamic player. We're going to talk about him uh, in a little bit when we get to Pro Bowl talk, which I'm excited to get to. But there's one player we haven't talked about. I want to talk about him quickly. I know we are running out of time, but Tasha Spears does things for this offense that nobody else does. He is the ultimate balancing act. Because you can run the ball efficiently with Tajay, inside or outside, and he can make plays for you in the passing game. He does that consistently. He's a yardage-after-catch guy. He can make the tough catch like we saw inside the 10-yard line last night. Um, That was a big part in the Titans' win, really. You you could even say it was the most important play of the game. Um, I love Derrick Henry, and I wish that Derrick Henry would play until he's 100 years old, never leave, be efficient. But behind this offensive line, you need a guy who can do a little bit extra. And Tajay Spears can do that extra th- that extra stuff in the passing game that Derrick Henry maybe can't do at this age or maybe just you know, isn't part of his skill set in general. When the Titans run the two-minute offense, it's amazing to watch with Will Levis and Tajay Spears. That is his safety net. It moves so quickly. It moves so efficiently. And before you know it, the Titans are in, sc- in field goal range, which is why I don't understand why the Titans at times pull the reins in on levis with a couple minutes left on the clock when he could easily march it down he's shown this numerous times march it down and put at least 3 on the board
0: i i'm glad you brought this up my biggest gripe with last night was the play calling uh the absolutely absurd um it is it it, it was almost embarrassing how the titans were like not allowing their quarterback to do what their quarterback has already proven to us what he can do so well. You know, like I thought that the coming out party for Will Levis was the Falcons game. I thought he showed all of us what exactly he could do, but apparently he did not. He did not show the coaching staff because the very next week in Pittsburgh, they kind of tie his hands behind his back and say, no, you will sit in the corner and you will not do what we saw you do literally a week prior and maybe that was because it was his first road start maybe they wanted to be extremely conservative well I mean short we week. they wanted to short weeks like a tough place to play I guess but like he even in that game despite how little they would let him ball he still balled out he made throws at the, the first and 26 still stands out to me uh to DeAndre Hopkins so it's like then last night like I, I, I don't understand the getting the ball back with just under two minutes after the blocked field goal. You get the football back, and you have a chance to march down the field and get some points and take the lead.
1: And on the road.
0: On the road. You've got to be aggressive. You're a two-touchdown dog, the biggest underdog in the in week 14 of the NFL. And you run the ball once, twice, three times in a row three straight run plays like I I with and and like I would get it if like the Dolphins didn't have timeouts and you were just wanting to run out the clock you were uh, content I mean I wouldn't understand that but I, I would get it more if you were willing to go into the halftime like that but the Dolphins had all three of their timeouts so naturally they use all of them they get the ball back with a minute and 11 seconds this is the most explosive offense in football this is one of the best offenses we've ever seen in the history of football. And you're just, like, going to give them the ball back with a minute and 11 seconds? That, to me, is coaching malpractice. That made me so pissed off, that, that decision-making. And I I did not understand it. And then, despite all of that, the Titans still got the ball back with 30 seconds left. And Will Levis did what? He marched your team right down the field for a field goal to take Nearly the scored a touchdown. And nearly scored a touchdown. Like, that to me is like, I don't know what more this guy has to show you. You know, Jack, you and I talked about this being Will Levis's coming out party. To me, I'm hoping this was Will Levis's coming out party for the coaching staff more than the nation.
1: <laughs> I agree. Let Will Levis cook, man. He's fun to watch when he gets in a rhythm. Confidence is such a big part in his game, Austin. You can tell after he completes a couple easy ones. He's not afraid of any throw or any moment. And it looked like he would be easily rattled early in that game with the turnover. And that could have, you know, a lot of rookies probably would have, you know, their walls would have caved in and their clock would have sped up. Will Levis did not. He kept his composure. And, you know, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to make sure I get this in. Mike Vrabel going for two late in that game was the right decision, and it's going to become more popular Because when you're an underdog playing on the road, your chances are already slimmer than they were originally to win this football game, especially going up against a better team. So you want to give yourself a chance to win by going for two. Doug Peterson tried it. It was the right call. A lot of people hated on him because the spread was three and a half. But it's the right move. When you're on the road, you go for two. When you're at home, you kick the extra point in that situation to know what you have to do next. Mike Vrabel going for two. And the Titans and Tim Kelly, to his credit, drew up a great two-point conversion in W.I., right. there's no one nobody near him. And I, it worked, like and the Titans yeah.
0: won. That was a great. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a great. And look, I've harped on I've been Vrabel's one of Bravo's biggest critics all season. Um I think the Bunsen burner still turned on, but I, you know, other than that, I think it's I think yeah. we're we're I think we're we're good. I, I think it we we turned it down a little bit this week. We definitely turned it down because that, that felt it. that felt vint. Okay,
1: that don't go too it. far. I have unplugged put I haven't put it back in the closet. I haven't put it in the closet. Still 5 and 15. Still 5
0: and 15 over the last 20. Okay, I'm not yeah, willing that's, to go, that's not going to get better it.
1: overnight, you know? Well, no, that's...
0: it's not. No, it's not. But but that was vintage fable and I think look, I think that's we're we're on the right step. Um I the my only complaint last night, I loved that that uh 2 point call. My only complaint was the play calling. Honestly, that was it uh, aside from that,
1: I think Like throughout the, the game or situationally?
0: Yeah, I mean obviously like the Eric are like going for it on special teams, like the dumb boneheaded mistakes, the false starts, things like that, those were frustrating, but overall I would say uh the play calling. Um okay. to me. Um let me say this um real quick, a uh, uh, real quick PSA for all Titans fans. If you're hung up on the Titans winning this game, if you're frustrated that mm-hmm. the Titans one, because you're worried about draft position. Let me ask you this. Why are you worried about draft position? Because you want to build a better team to win games in the future? Why Why would you not want to win football games now? Like, and I, look, you want to, if you want to talk about playoffs and, uh, you know, the playoffs aren't on the table right now. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, all right? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Why you don't want to see your football team win is beyond me, all right? Uh, I Look, I think the – if you're one of those people that doesn't like to see your football team win, I'm going to ask you, please, kindly, so, stop this podcast, unsubscribe, but also leave four and a half stars for Buck and <laughs> .5 stars for us, okay? Honestly, that's where I'm at. That is exactly uh, like, – I I I I will never ever understand being a fan of something and rooting for the potential of something else when you could have the sure thing like right away. I I just don't I I will never be that type of person to be like, yes, let's lose. I want this team
1: to suffer I I don't get it and I never will, Jack. and here's the thing about that. Don't you want Will Levis and this young core to learn how to win before you improve their supporting cast? That's a great like,
0: point, Jack. Like
1: I, I want Will Levis to learn how to win tight games in the NFL on the road against very capable playoff teams. And that was exactly what happened last night. There's going to be a, a left tackle there. Whether it's uh, Olaf Fashanu, J.C. Latham, or Joe Alt. one of those three guys you're going to end up with as long as you pick in the top ten. But here's the thing, even if you beat the Texans twice, even if you beat the Jack, even if you beat the sea C- even if you make a little push at the end of the season, if you don't get a left tackle in the first round, you're going you're gonna to have options at wide receiver. And the Titans need both. Now, you can prioritize left tackle, obviously, because of the lack of talent that the Titans have on the roster currently. But at the end of the day, the Titans have $90 million to spend this, this free agency. You got to put that on the back burner for now. And we'll talk about that when it gets a little closer. Yeah, well, I Jack, don't think you well, need on. to be monitoring Tankathon every waking moment and just rooting against the Titans to move up even over one or two teams because a win like that goes so much further. Yes. than one or two draft picks because at the end of the day, Austin, you're going to pick in the top 10 and the demand is not going to be for left tackle or wide receiver. The demand in the top 10 this year is for a quarterback. So you can afford to slip a spot or two or three. In the order, if you just learn how to win, this team will be so much better off moving forward.
0: If, if you're still hung up on draft position after your rookie quarterback made a come from behind win with his team down 14 under three minutes, something the previous seven hundred and sixty seven teams in the NFL failed to do with his team being a 13 and a half point underdog for the first road win of the season like I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what, like what where do you find joy? Where do you find happiness? Like when when does it end? That's the thing. And I we I've brought it up on this podcast before. It's an epidemic where NFL fans root for the future rather than what is currently going on in front of them, the present. I don't understand like people are like people in Chicago are like looking to maybe get rid of Justin Fields already. Like it's I don't understand the always looking for the future, always looking for what's next, as opposed to what you have in front of you.
1: In this particular circumstance, Austin, I think we're speaking to a much smaller segment of the Titans fan base than we would normally just because of the scale of this win. I really think that it's about 10 to 20% of Titans fans are unhappy that they messed up the tank. I think the overwhelming majority is fired up about what happened last night because the Titans showed well. On national tv a situation they don't get to be in very often anymore they're not a fun team to watch according to many that, people but that, last that night f- the titans reinvented themselves and will levis displayed who he was and more importantly the titans culture when everyone was watching uh, except for green bay and new york markets well everyone but realized this, they, that the titans the can still screen. do this they got yeah, the they got they got, a, they got too much split screen. I yeah, I watched
0: I watched some of that that Giants Packers game, not by choice. Against my will. <laughs> I Jack, I uh yeah, I it's I, I don't get it. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, guys. A, a dub in the hand is worth two in the bush, all right? And um I just think that uh you're right. It is it is a small Uh, it's a small but vocal minority of the fan base. But, um, and I I know this because whenever I I tweet about this or something, I get a resounding from Titans fans, like screw those people, like screw the people that are root for lose uh, losses. They're, they're not true fans.
1: Um, And with that said, wins like last night though, are why you play the games. That's why you watch football when your team is essentially eliminated from the playoffs. That is why you
0: watch. You you want your rookie quarterback to go out there and compete his ass off like he did. And he played better than give him, Tua. To give him it? confidence. Do you do you do you want to know why Patrick Mahomes is as good as Patrick Mahomes is? Yeah, he's very athletic and he's got a great arm. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, a great arm, quote unquote. He's got great weapons. Oh gosh,
1: his receivers stink, though. I will say that.
0: Well, yeah, having Kelsey he, he, is not- he's he's had great weapons. Yes, yes. yeah, um, and he's in a great system, but the reason why they're so good is they're damn confident that it's that confidence factor and i i can't underestimate how important that is marcus mariota lost that confidence factor he had it early on you know but like once you lose that like you don't it's hard to get it back and yeah. if if you can get will levis to get that before this season ends going into next year you don't think they're going to be confident hitting hitting the road week one, a week that Mike Brabel is notoriously bad at.
1: Yeah, why why doesn't Mahomes blink in the face of adversity late in the football game? Because he's been there yes. so many times in tight games, and he's come out on the winning side. And, and this they, was a big step for Will Levis. It's undeniable. This was a big step in his development.
0: And and now now with the Titans down fourteen with under three minutes to go, Will Levis can say we've done it before. So oh, yeah. And
1: look, they'll believe um, him. I think this Titans I think this Titans offense gets behind Will Levis, believes every word that he says. He's an easy guy to root for. He's an easy guy to get behind because he cares so much. He takes accountability for when things go wrong. And he makes big plays down the stretch that honestly, Austin, I would say a bunch of quarterbacks across the league don't have the talent to make.
0: Uh Last thing I'll say is, look, if you're one of those fans that loves to see your team win, you better show up to Nissan Stadium on Sunday. It is an Oilers week. Um, Times are favored to win,
1: two and me, a half Nissan, point favorites.
0: Nissan Coliseum. Uh, is CJ Stroud questionable? Is, is yeah, I know yeah. the entered concussion protocol. Um,
1: yeah, they've beaten us with lesser quarterbacks than him before. That's, Tyrod uh, yeah, Taylor, that's a good point.
0: It's a good point. Look, all I'm saying is better pack Nissan Stadium. One, uh, I think Austin Stanley made a good point. You need to you need to show up and show out for freaking Derrick Henry. If this is the end, I'm hoping it's not. But if it is, um, he deserves the absolute best. He a, a Kings welcome, a Kings goodbye. But I don't want to say goodbye. We're not doing that yet. Um, but show up and show out. And if there's one game that you, we have to win this season, it's wearing those Houston Oilers throwbacks. Oh, playing yeah, the Houston Texans, okay? Uh Mike Vrabel said he might wear a damn cowboy hat. Look.
1: Hey. That would be I, amazing.
0: That would be hilarious. A little Bum Phillips like really rub it in uh Houston's bums, if you will. Um <laughs> look, show up, show out. Uh according Look, for my eternal optimists out there, which if you listen to this podcast, you know I am one of. According to the New York Times playoff simulator, the Titans currently have a one percent chance to make the postseason.
1: Stop this.
0: Stop. If they if if they win out versus Houston, versus Seattle at Houston and versus Jacksonville, that number improves. To 15%. I will take it, honestly, where we're at. Look, 15, that's just one point lower than what the Titans' average point total on the road usually is. So, all I'm saying, you got three home games remaining, two of which against Houston. You could, look, you could make some ground. Look, don't, like, don't, not dead yet. They had a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs. Now they're up to 1%. I like those
1: odds. So you're saying there's a chance. Look, um, well, don't last, let the Titans get hot. Do not let the Titans get hot. Last bit I have before we wrap up here. Let's get some of these Titans in the Pro Bowl, man. Um, let's get them laid. Let's, let's get, get them laid. laid. It, the game e- even will though, be in Orlando. Yeah, wait, yeah, never mind. We can't say that anymore. I keep forgetting. I we, think we stick with it.
0: Let's get them.
1: I think we just pretend like it's in Hawaii every year, even though it was in Vegas last year in Orlando. And, and really, there's not oh. even a, a Pro Bowl game anymore. But there remember do you remember, remember Nickelodeon? Deserve... Do you remember Nickelodeon Studios? No.
0: Wait, that no. means nothing to you. Damn. All right. Well, my real ones out there will remember Nickelodeon Studios uh in Orlando, Florida. That's where some of the best television was ever shot. Um live from Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. Uh it was just outside of Universal Studios and um they you would get slimed there. So that would have been a no cool thing. If they was still around, it's no longer there, but if it was still around, you could say, let's get these guys slimed.
1: Well, Jalen anyway. Ramsey got slimed last night from Will Levis. But Danico Autry, Harold Landry, and DeAndre Hopkins have done enough to play in that game, that flag football game or the skills competition, whatever the hell they're doing this year. Those three guys are deserving for Pro Bowl honors, and I want to do our part in helping them get in. So we're going to tweet it out on the Titan up podcast and y'all can retweet it. Y'all can copy paste, but one retweet, one tweet, it all equals a vote. So definitely be active on Twitter. Definitely pump these guys out and we're going to get some Titans late again.
0: Titans Twitter is a thing for a reason. And it's these reasons right here. So, uh, all right. Um, we need to, uh, we need to call it a day. We need to get out of here. Jack, um, Make sure you follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack A. Gentry. Must follow if you're a Titans fan. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Austin Huff. Follow the podcast, at Pod on Twitter, at Podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow there. And, of course, follow A to Z Sports on all of the socials. Jack, do you have anything
1: for the road? You know, when you were going over the playoff percentages, I was thinking in my head, you know, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. At one point in the game last night, the Dolphins had a 99.7% chance to win. So the Titans have overcome greater odds already. Look, look, I'm not saying,
0: I'm not saying, dude, look, you could say, yeah, no team has ever come, you know, made the playoffs with a five and eight store, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No team has ever uh, won being down 14 with under three minutes to go. At least none but, out of the last 767. All right, I, 767. Gonna... That's
1: a that's it. That's a damn airline number. That's it. That's a plane. <laughs> I'm not going to talk myself into it. But if you get the Texans without CJ Stroud, and then you Look, get if the you, Seahawks, but, and then Trevor Lawrence,
0: the... who knows what's going to happen with Texans that ankle? Again,
1: you know, maybe they have, Maybe they don't have enough to play for. So, yeah, Geno Seahawks. Smith missed last I week. Know. I mean, you don't think you, you could be? You can always Hunk get at always get DK thrown out of the game.
0: I don't. Know. I mean, look. I'm just. Look. I'm just.
1: All right. I'm not look, plugging it back in. The ventilator is still off.
0: The wind. Wind like that. Wind like that. A wind like that is like the. I mean, yeah. We did pronounce this season dead last week, but. Yeah.
1: I've moved the Titans. People come back from the dead.
0: People have come back from the dead.
1: That's true. I, I've moved the Titans from the morgue to the hyperbaric chamber. Oh my! With gosh, Walt Disney. What if this Titan season became the Undertaker? We can't do this to ourselves, Austin.
0: I think we can dude until at least Sunday at noon.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to go all in yet, but they're in the hyperbaric chamber. That's good enough.
0: Leave us a rating, leave us a review, give us four and a half stars, uh, and, uh, give uh, a 0.5 stars to buck. Um, <laughs> and uh, unless, you're, unless you are unless you like to see your team lose then give Buck the four and a half stars and give us .5 stars um, alright uh, we need to get out of here until next week of yeah, this Undertaker season you guys oh my gosh are the Titans back I don't know I guess we gotta find out with all of that
1: said until next week no. button no. up they're the Tennessee Titans they're the Tennessee Titans they'll keep on fighting all the way they're the Tennessee Titans they're the Tennessee Titans Tennessee Titans all the way